Welcome to the Glasgow Girls Club podcast, where we chat to inspirational folks throughout the city about living their best lives and encourage our listeners to grow and glow. Hello and welcome to the GGC podcast. My name is Laura McGuinness and every week I'm out and about in the city interviewing some inspirational folks for y'all. On this week's podcast, I catch up with Chloe Mulvey, founder of Macala Africa. Macala Africa is a bespoke made fair trade online store specialising in African art and home decor. The idea for this gorgeous brand came about after Chloe moved to Cameroon for love five years ago and found herself discovering the many cultural marvels that come directly from Cameroonian tribes. In the podcast, Chloe shares her story, talks of the contrast between Glasgow and her new home and talks about the magic of creating a brand in a place that she has grown to love. Have a listen. So hello, Chloe. Hi. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, not at all. Well, we had to grab you when you were over from Cameroon. That's <laughs> true. I'm like pure intense GGC at the moment. <laughs> Something every week. Which is amazing, which is yeah. amazing. So let's start from the beginning with your story. Yeah. So you were born and raised in Glasgow. Yeah. And then talk us through like... The yeah. next chapter. <laughs> well, yeah, I was born in, in Sunny Shorts, actually. Sunny so Shorts, just okay. Yeah, but I, I claim the Glasgow title because it's a bit more glam, isn't I it? I think we all claim the Glasgow title, <laughs> so even if it's just, like, a wee bit further out, you're yeah. still, like, yeah. it's the closest city, isn't it? Yeah, totally. So I do feel like Glasgow is very much my home. Yeah. Raised there all my life, went to uni, didn't even move out of my mum's house during uni. I, I was just always such a home girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, right up to the age of 25, and then I... I basically did community education at uni and that led me on to working with like a small charity and I was a sex ed teacher for a while. But okay, so let's chat about that because <laughs> like I do not know how <laughs> how you could, like I would just go bright scarlet and I yeah. probably would just laugh. I but- know, well, at first you're a bit like that, it's a bit like overwhelming but I had a really good like mentor if you like. Okay. So she was, she was from Glasgow, right. like typical Glaswegian so she was very... Um, just say it how it is and I really gained a lot from her okay. more confidence from her and I was a student so I was learning there part time and then yeah. after I finished uni they kept me on and I became the sexual health development officer and you just like go with it and I was working with young boys particularly right. young boys and girls and, and you found that they just loved to hear about sex so they were just like okay so they always listened you always got their attention and we spoke yeah. like in like an informal way it wasn't like like a typical teacher so we had yeah. like booklets called doing it and things like that so like they were into it so you never really felt like you got any like anyone not interested or anything yeah. like that you know yeah. so that's what that took me so I worked with them for about six and a half years NHS I trained like people how to do um like professionals or youth groups youth workers and things yeah. like that how to work with young people in regards to sexual health right. and protecting themselves and stuff. So that was a very colourful job. Oh, it must have been a colourful <clears throat> job. And you must have got some crazy questions from the kids. Crazy, crazy questions. From the kids, my friends. Oh. <laughs> they came from my friends. I had a long line of friends asking me like crazy questions because we all went to Catholic school, so they didn't teach us much there. And um, they were all in a long line for free condoms and all that. It's crazy. That is absolutely hilarious. What is the, like, You obviously you can't mention who it came from. It might yeah. be a friend. Uh-huh. Have you ever had, like, a question that, you couldn't answer or you know 
what, what, what level, what is inappropriate mm-hmm. when you're a sex ed teacher or is everything on the table? It's quite funny because we worked with a group of volunteers and we, we did like try to create, with them anyway, not with the kids that we went out to, yep. but with them we really tried to create like uh, an environment that was very trusting because these were like disadvantaged young people yep. and we trained them to go out and do peer-led um, workshops actually. Okay. So to get their trust we did play games of like, um, what do you call it? Uh, never have I ever and oh. that was always a bit much you know what I mean yeah oh my goodness <laughs> so that, that was definitely a bit embarrassing but with the people that we went out with um no they just you kind of have like a, a, a set of rules to begin with so that there's yeah. no inappropriateness they were still laid back but people knew the limits but of course like they were funny at that time I was maybe like 21 and upwards like I started that when I was 21 yeah and some of the kids I was going out to were up to the age of like 17 18 19 so not that far off oh, from so you it, yeah it was a bit bizarre and some occasionally you got somebody saying can I get your number <laughs> <laughs> which was very strange <laughs> so oh, that would be the most inappropriate thing I think that's <laughs> too funny yeah. and what about then when you were like telling people your job that must have been quite funny like whether it was a potential boyfriend and you're like, oh, I'm a sex ed teacher. No, like this, was, like, this was crazy. No, sometimes now this is where it got inappropriate because we also did nightclub and stuff. So you'd go and right. like, raise awareness of like it was like uh, like tests and kits and things like that, you know. So it was like health health awareness. Right. And you would get people under the influence of alcohol in this environment, oh, and they would oh. just think that I was a sexual health nurse. Right. Which is different. I didn't okay. check anyone's bits, but okay. sometimes you'd get people going like about to, you know, um, show us, show us, show us the the problems. And I was like, no, nope, not what I do, just awareness. So yeah, <laughs> definitely a, a funny, funny period in my career. And then, and then that's that really. So okay. and then I, I was in Glasgow one night, and I met my future husband. So tell us about that. Well, he is French, so there he was in the Corinthian, right. and we're giving each other the eyes or whatever you do. But all good relationships start. Exactly. <laughs> Love it. And um, then we just started seeing each other and stuff, and um, and he, well, he charms with his French pattern, basically, <laughs> and he asked me to go to Cameroon, which he's French Cameroonian, so basically he was always going back there. It was very clear yeah. from day one okay. that he was going there to start his own business, yeah. um, although he did uni here and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, but I really didn't think he was going to go, okay. especially as you know you're in a relationship, so yeah. you think, yeah, that's going to change. Yeah. And then he did. And how far into the relationship was that? A year. A year, right, okay. Yeah, so we were still quite early on. Yeah. Um, we'd known each other a bit longer than that. We took a while to actually go out, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was quite soon. Okay. And I started off with a holiday to go to Cameroon. Okay. Um, and at that point, it was just a holiday. I, for us both, we knew that I had to see how it was going to be. Okay. Absolutely hated it. <laughs> Did you? I hated so it. So talk us through that then. Well, as you can imagine, I'd lived in shorts all my life. Yep. So all I've known is just being at home. I've travelled, but always like holiday destinations yep. never anywhere that was a bit raw mm-hmm. so going to Africa was something really quite extreme and yeah. um, I had a real culture shock yeah I really didn't I really didn't like it and I was purely there out of love I, I didn't want to live there I couldn't even imagine how I was going to survive yeah I was just like oh gosh uh-huh. so I've been there for three weeks don't get me wrong we had nice moments we went to the beach we yeah. went to nice restaurants and all that but it was I was just constantly in a state of what is this place? Like, I can't believe it. Yeah. Everyone spoke French. I didn't understand things. There was lots of like cultural rules that yeah. I had no idea about. So I felt really like a fish out of water. Yeah. Um, and then I went on a couple of holidays after that again, during which time I was interviewing for jobs. Okay. And I, and I finally got a job working for a French school. Yeah. 
for like an English teacher. Yeah. And then um, I had to make the decision if I was going or not, and I, and I said that I was going. So still kind of naive. My, my family and friends were all super shocked when I came back saying that I was going to go. They couldn't believe it, and they were just like, yeah, sure, she's not going to go. <laughs> and then and then and next thing I know, I was having a leaving night in One Up. We, we organised a leaving night, and I was there. And it took me right up until the airport, and I was at the airport, and I was like, what am I doing? Like, I, I can't do this. Like, I don't want to go. This is mental. It was just like so. I'm even like overwhelmed talking about it because it was just this that I, moment I, where you're like, do uh, I do this or not? And I, that could have changed your life completely. I feel like I, I've even mentally blocked that period out because yeah. it's such a trauma for me yeah. to leave home. But it was kind of like go for six months. If you don't try, you don't know. Yes. And I knew that I loved him, and I just felt like I wanted this to work, and I felt like it could have worked, but yeah. I had no idea like how or what way. Yep. So I just went to try. Yep. And that first year, I was just like such a crazy patient. I spent Christmas, my first Christmas, away from home. That is hard. See, when you're so used to having a family Christmas, that is a big deal. Yeah, and over there, they don't really celebrate it the same way. So there was like no Christmas trees and like even like just decorations and um, presents. It's not really consumerism based there, which is, don't be wrong, now I think that's a good thing. But it just was so different to what I knew. So I, I really struggled during that period finally got home in the February for like an, um, a two-week holiday and just loved my life. And again, I would be honest with you, for the first probably two and a half years, even three years, I would leave, I would come home for my holidays yep. and then leave to go back to Cameroon like a greeting mess. Like I would just mm. be so sad yeah. that I was going back. But now I've adapted and I've been there five years. Wow. I only went for six months. <laughs> but you've done it. Yeah. Oh, and that is a big... <clears throat> credit to you because it is such a culture shock it's not yeah. like you've moved somewhere like Australia yeah. or America where it's very westernized yeah. everyone speaks English yeah, completely. you've gone somewhere where you've actually because you had to learn French really oh, yeah. quickly didn't you yeah my interview was in French although I wasn't speaking any of it I just said Javita shorts Javita shorts on your course oh, and God. so that was where I was and then they sent me on French lessons so I do know French now Although it's not, it's not amazing, but I, I can communicate. It, w- it will be amazing, though, uh-huh. but you just are maybe comparing yourself yeah. to people who are actually friends. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, it's been quite the journey, and it's just changed my life, like, completely transformed me. Like, yeah. I must have been quite a bit of a baby to stay at home with my mum, even through uni and all that. I never had that experience of moving out student life or that. So I was just, n- now I just feel like nothing really scares me. I think that's yeah. made me a lot really brave when it comes to like business and all that yeah. sort of stuff or just anything that doesn't seem to phase me the way it would have done so it's really like character building oh my god it's massively character <laughs> building like traveling in general is but yeah. I think when you especially when you live somewhere but so tell us before we get on to the, the baby uh-huh. the yeah. baby yeah. the brand talk, talk to us how what like an average day in Cameroon is like like how how much does it differ because there'll be people listening to this like you know what what is life like uh-huh. and I think it's really interesting to hear yeah. so how does it because I also imagine as a woman as well mm-hmm. it's different what do you do like the weekends for example mm-hmm. well the weekend let's start off first of all when you come out my house so okay it's a really nice apartment we've decorated it's just we're really lucky it's very spacious in size that we probably wouldn't have here okay so um life there you're either super rich or super poor right okay. I'm not saying we're super rich but compared to people we are perceived that way. Yes. Um, but our roads are like proper safari roads. So to get out of the house for like 
like you can't cross your legs in the cab because you're just like gosh like it's oh, really, really? Like, you know, right. okay, okay. so the, the roads and that are done so it's very like rustic okay um and on the weekends i've got a good set of friends there there's nothing yeah. there's not a lot to do although things are coming so since i arrived it started to develop so okay. before there wasn't a huge supermarket yeah um now there is yeah and it's a french brand um, there wasn't a cinema, now there is, and okay. it's actually all solar powered, oh, so that's cool. pretty cool. Right. It doesn't quite look like ours, but it, for Africa, for what we've come from, like it's yeah. just amazing. Okay. So they are starting to de- develop. I've got two Aldo shoes, which is really bizarre. And oh, really? I used to work there as a student, and now it's there in Cameroon. Okay. Um, but it's expensive. But So there is like development coming, but yep. generally speaking, there's not a lot of shopping to do, so you save your money. Yeah. Um, there's lots of places to eat and drink, so basically that's what happens. Yep. So you either have like house parties, we're all quite blessed to have like a swimming pool there. Oh, lovely. So you get to have like pool parties with your friends. Yeah. Or just go out for eating and drinking. And yeah. That's generally what we do because there's not much else to do. Yeah. Um, but it's nice, so you end up, having really good friends who understand your experience and yep. you're really social so yep. there's none of this like oh I haven't seen her in six weeks like that just doesn't happen it's generally once a week or yeah. twice a week probably um, yeah so it's a lot and would you go out by yourself um yeah during the day it's totally fine like you can go like a little walk yourself although it's not really like set up for walking it's not like a park or anything yes and it's really hot so it's maybe not enjoyable for some, but me, I like to tan and things like that. So oh, yeah, I nice. quite like it. Okay. Um, I walk from my school at lunchtime just around to the cafe to get like a sandwich and stuff. Yeah. I quite enjoy that. But people think I'm crazy because it's so hot. And they're like, who's the Scottish girl with a tan? <laughs> they don't understand it. Even the French are like, what's she doing? Always like, You're like, I made a really strong stuff. <laughs> yeah. Everyone generally has like a chauffeur and things like that okay. like in the community that I work in. So they're very like in like fancy cars and like they have lots of people doing things for them yeah um i'm quite blessed i do have people who help us at home brilliant i don't have like a big fancy car like so i do have a taxi driver but my taxi driver is one patient and i I choose that so that i am safe and secure and i feel good you trust that person yeah Yeah. exactly so at night time is a different story you wouldn't walk around on your own okay you wouldn't take a taxi that you didn't know yeah um so that kind of makes you a bit dependent on like your husband or like families or friends that type of thing yeah um yeah, you're very careful and wary at night. I think, that. though, that it should be the case anywhere. Yeah. If I've done travelling in places like South America, mm-hmm. and you just, you you can't, you need to keep your wits about you, even in yeah. Brazil. Me and my cousin went there, Carnival, mm-hmm. and it was, I, I just expected, because we were, like, proper party girls. Yeah. So I expected it was just going to be, like, partying in the streets, amazing, like, like I'm not saying pure steaming, but I'm, I'm yeah. like, merry, and, yeah. but it, got to the point where we actually just didn't drink because we didn't trust that anything wouldn't happen sure, to us. Sure. And there was guys very, very openly like would order like change your drinks order and all that and you get really warned really? about that. Like Makes don't sense. ever take a drink. Yeah. Like if you because you know this person's probably put something in it. Uh-huh. So we had a few occasions where we were just like we do not feel safe. Yeah. We need to go. Yeah. And it is, it's like, and and even there, it's like taxis, don't get in one that you don't know, yeah. like travellers generally have the same people. So 
I think that that is something that is just it should be like key for anyone yeah, in any just destination. To be on guard a little bit. Yeah. Well, I've been lucky because my husband's actually from the area. He grew up there Brilliant. part of his life, so I, I do think that I've been kept in a bubble compared to other like expats who go there and work who have had like maybe violent situations. But Alan's always kept me like go this place, that place. Like we don't go to local mm-hmm. places if you understand, and it's yeah. not because you don't want to immerse yourself in the culture, but just rather. You are a white woman, which is a minority over there. Yeah. And you just have to make sure that you feel comfortable at all times. And apart from anything else, the local places are outside and you just get bitten with mosquitoes all the time. Yeah. So it's just nice to take yourself to a nice place where you can be there all night and not get roasted by some individuals, you know. It sounds it sounds quite quite cosmopolitan then for like the restaurants and bars because I know that I follow obviously follow you in social media and like your pictures the always places always look lovely that you yeah well I, I probably try to show the glam life a little bit more because I just hate the negative connotations that come with Africa and mm-hmm. I want to show people that it's not just like I also love to show the raw stuff like when we're at the beach and like yeah. some of the kids especially that I work with as well um, and <clears throat> I like to show the reality of the situation but. Also, that you know, we're not living there like in squalor as some people oh, yeah, think, might think. And, and people are genuinely happy even if they don't have much. Yeah, do you know what I was going to ask you as well, which I've never asked you before, which mm. is a surprise? What's the wildlife like? Like, can you do safaris and stuff in Cameroon? No, there's no safaris to be had, but I mean, there's extreme wildlife. In fact, um, on the way to the beach, it's called Kribi, right? On the way, it's that drive. They filmed one of the first Tarzans there. Right. Um, so that's like a proper jungle. Right. And when we've been dri- driving up there, like I have seen like a huge snake go across the roads. I also near had a near death situation with a snake and and a um what do you call those uh, a jet ski and a speedboat. We were like on the lake. Right. And the 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 boat broke down, so we had to be rescued by jet skis. Mm-hmm. It sounds like rescued by jet skis. Really, really. <laughs> first world problems you know <laughs> but we were on the jet skis and because there was so many of us they tried to get the girls to go back to the the, the port first because mm-hmm. it was getting dark so there was four of us on the jet ski which obviously is really lot hard uh-huh. ski, yeah. so we kept falling into the weight of it wouldn't take us mm-hmm. i had no life jacket on i was like i lost my designer sunglasses i was like pure panicking oh, no. and finally got back on to the jet ski we, we figured out how to balance ourselves finally makes it like in the sort of cam part so you leave the ocean into the lake Mm -hmm. and it's dead still and all we seen was this huge black mam is it mamba is it mambo mamba snake go past us and we were like oh my goodness like everyone better not fall off this jet ski because this is not cool at all so this was like some adventure so my phone and everything like that was in the speedboat that's fine, it was all protected and the boys were waiting until it got dark to be saved. So finally a boat went out to get them to drag the boat because uh-huh. it was quicksand we got caught in. It was like a pure drama. Oh my God, that's scary. And um, and then the boat came out and our boat started to sink. So my phone and everything was in it. So I lost my phone that day. Oh it was my just such God. a crazy, crazy day. <laughs> so you get like fun. I mean, that should have been a nightmare experience but it was actually like super fun uh-huh. at the same time. Like when you reflect back on it, yeah. you're like... What kind of day was that? I know. You know? Like, you're living a completely different life as you would back here. Oh, yeah. But you're getting to experience so much, uh-huh. like, different, maybe wilder stuff. Crazy than stuff. Than you would, uh There's lots of lizards kicking about the streets every day. That's something I had to get used to because okay. we don't get those here. And I'm not a big animal fan at all. Okay. So, I would, like, the one time a, a lizard came into our house, it was on the wall. Right. And I was like... 
pure screamer. I was like making a pure diva thing about it. Yeah. My husband and I actually fell out over it because he's like, what are you all about? But he was used to seeing that. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not living inside with a, a lizard, you know, but we finally got out. But they're really hard to get out. Are they? Um, but otherwise you don't see a lot of animals. So not like any big cats or anything no, like that? No, unfortunately not. It's not like how you think Africa's going to be. It's not like yeah. zebras and all that. It's not like that. We're in a city. Oh, yeah, so, of course. Yeah. yeah, of course. It's different. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, I definitely somewhere on the bucket list. Like, yeah, uh, we'll Like, I just, I think it's amazing. And actually, we, the Fringe is on every year in August. Uh-huh. So you're obviously here for August. Yeah. So you should... You and Alan should definitely go through to the fringe. Yeah. Uh, but my husband and I go through every year, and they there's very often like African gospel choirs that oh, do shows. Amazing, yeah. So we went to the African gospel, the Soweto gospel choir. I think it must have been like four years ago, and like just see listening to like the music and all that. I was like, I really want to go to Africa. Like this it's just it, yeah. it's just magic. There's yeah. something about it. Oh, well, completely. Like, and I think if you came and visited us, you would have the best experience because yeah. we'd know where to take you to. Yeah. Take out a boat and all yeah. that sort of stuff. You know, the best hotels and all that. Yeah. So yeah, it's good to be a local. There's a place as well we love to go to. It's a nightclub, but it's kind of like live music. Okay. It's called the Pali, so the Palace. Okay. And they have these live singers in there, and I'm telling you, it's like, it's like they should all be in the X Factor. The 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 talent that they have is just amazing and amazing. it makes me so proud to be there. Like, yeah. Oh, wow, so that sounds great. Uh-huh. You've really sold it. <laughs> so tell us then, right, so we connected through Instagram. Yeah. And that was through your gorgeous brand originally. Mm-hmm. It was through yep. the Instamation for that. So tell us about, so you were out there teaching yep. English. Yeah. And you had this brainwave. Uh-huh. Well, you know, I'm always, I've never been really that entrepreneurial. I've been one of those girls that, like, always thought, I wonder if you could do that, you know, <laughs> but never actually did it. Yeah. That was absolutely me. So I've always had ideas. And there's a place, it's called the Marché de Fleurs, and so it's the flower market okay. in the city. And there you can find, like, old-school, like, Cameroonian crafts. So generally speaking, they're kind of dark wood. Yeah. The way that you might anticipate, like, African decor being, and then there was these, like feathery things yeah. um, also hanging from the ceilings and these were called juju hats now actually they weren't that nice and that was because we were at a market and they weren't looked after and yeah. they were really coming from its traditional sense so you could see the charm in them yes but I just felt like these could be absolutely beautiful so I started I just thought that that would be like no one knows juju hats over here yeah I mean excuse me if, if some people do but for me it's really like a new thing yeah and it just felt like it was a way that we could celebrate my home as well as my husband's home coming together yeah and like celebrating the culture at the same time so that's when we started thinking about creating a business okay and now we've got a business called Macala or Macala Africa and um we specialize in these juju hats that I first saw wow and juju hats are basically traditional um, hats which are worn at royal ceremonies and they wear them and they dance with them on and they're all different colours representing different abundant things so they're meant to be manifesting. So if you see that in reality, I'll need to go back and get a video and share it on the the. Oh, please do, yeah. It's just so amazing. I mean, it's one of those occasions you don't even want to take your phone out because you're so like in awe of what they're doing. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it's fascinating. But we've basically created a small team fair trade so everyone has a deserving salary and we've got people who really are excellent like 
craftsmanships. Yeah. Like, you know, they're really, really good at what they do. However, we have improved on their techniques and like their overall finish and just try to modernise them a little bit. Yeah. Try new colours and things like that that we think would work here for Scotland, UK, Europe and beyond just to yeah. make it more, less raw, more... Is as high quality as you can for a handmade product because they are all handmade. Okay. So and in doing that, we sustain the traditional craftsmanship, um, whilst giving fair trade. But we also give back to a group of boys as well that I work with there. Um, so who, tell us about that and how that all came about then, because I think this is amazing. Yeah, well, because I've had like community education roots, like I've always been about the underdog, so it's yep. always about helping others. Like, a, a, entrepreneurialship's a new thing to me. Yeah. So for me, it was very clear that we weren't just going to take from the country, that we're there, we want to celebrate it, but also give back at the same time. So yeah. the fair trade element does that already. You get to see directly how their team's lives and their family's life change because oh, in, Africa, in Africa, they have this real family culture as well. So when someone earns that money, it's spread to like all their cousins and yeah, whatever. Everyone. So yeah, it, it really does change their lives. And, and they're happy working for us as well, which is nice. Um, the boys came around. I did a bit of research, and it can be hard to find a charity in Cameroon that is genuine. And okay. I don't want to say that negatively, but there's some some horror stories that come out of charities or orphanages mm-hmm. um, that I knew about and I just wasn't keen on. So it took yep. me a while to establish somewhere that I trusted. Okay. So finally we found a place called Agapi. Okay. Um. And that was set up by a woman a bit like myself who was living in Cameroon for a while and she kept seeing like these young boys in the streets okay. selling things like nuts and yep. stuff like that for money and not being at school. And she was like, this is a problem. We have to create something mm-hmm. to help these boys. Now, she doesn't live there anymore, but she still owns the place and runs it from afar. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's basically got some Cameroonian staff who are there as the base and they've become like the mum and dads and the uncle if you like so it's really like a family vibe it is tiny it's in this tiny building which they rent at the moment but they're working towards actually building their own building okay which hopefully will be a lot nicer because this one I have to be honest is really run down okay but it's it's irrelevant because the boys feel at home there and they're safe there Mm. and basically the service um they look to like bigger companies or um, individuals like expatriates who are able to help them raise funds for the tuition fees for schools since that's not free and right. um, also things like we helped them raise money recently for um, vaccinations that they don't have um, for hepatitis and something else or oh, typhoid which we have and that, here as and a that can save that could save lives yes yeah. like yeah, yeah. It's, it's shocking how many people die from typhoid and things like that and they're, they're young young people so it's kind of like looking after their education mm-hmm. primarily, but also making sure that they're, they're healthy and yep. they get one hot meal a day. Yep. And the the service is really like unambiguous, so they'll never take cash payments from us. Okay. So for every juju hat we sell, we take part of the profits, but they would never say, oh, thanks, and put it in their pocket. They don't mm-hmm. want any of that. They send us all of their expenditure for every month to see what the money's going on and all that sort of stuff too. Oh, so it's all really... so, And you know for a fact that it's the boys that are getting that money then exactly. and it's not someone else that's getting the money. So that's, that's really exactly, good. Exactly, which is like, it's pivotal to what we do. So we basically use our money towards the tuition fees, partly. I mean, they get to make that decision. 
But now that it's September, that money will be used for that because that's when schools start. Yeah. But um, we kind of came in like after September, so the tuition fees were kind of paid for a year. Mm-hmm. So basically, instead, we've bought them things like books for school, stationery. Um, we train a group of the older boys. There's about 17 of them in total, but we take the older ones and we give them IT training every Saturday at my husband's office. That's amazing. Yeah, so we, we use our staff to teach them how to do that because a typical primary school in a class mm-hmm. can have like over 100 people in it. And is it just one teacher? Uh-huh. Wow, it's okay. It's crazy, it's like yeah. a lecture, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's no interaction, there's none, like it's not like education here where you get to really interact with your teacher mm-hmm. or group work. It's yeah. just write this down go home and learn it. it's really old school yeah so they really enjoy coming to us on the Saturday and doing that um and then there's other things we just do like visiting them I spend a lot of time with them just to show them my support yeah so I just go and like bring them donuts or and I'll just go and hang out with them at the at the service and um recently we did a pool party for them which a lot of them don't know how to swim okay um so we had to get them armbands and a lot of them just stayed at the shallow end but they absolutely loved it like I knew they were going to love it but they like they were so elated it was yeah. kind of like overwhelming for me and for my husband just to watch so we did that because they all get good results they all pass their exam results brilliant um which is part of them continuing to have a place in the service because africans are quite strict mm-hmm. so we are paying for your tuition fees we're raising money for, to do that and return you have to study and get his results okay and if they don't then they have a couple of chances to try and like show that they're trying yeah um otherwise you know situations are um, come from there but it's the boys are lovely lovely boys so now they call me Tata Chloe which means auntie oh, so they see me as part lovely. of the family and okay. we're really close yeah um they they love snapchat they don't know that they don't have phones and things like that I mean they come from really poor backgrounds okay. so whilst they're not orphans mm-hmm. they their situations are really hard and some of the parents have actually disowned the kids because um they're not working they, for them. Yeah, they, they need them to work and they see it as like a big family betrayal um, by choosing not to. So some of them actually stay like at the service and there's only a couple of bedrooms. Um, and the environments, if, if you have, I'm adapted now. Mm-hmm. So I know what a lot of local Cameroonian houses can be like. Mm-hmm. I know that if you went to see that, you would be shocked and possibly very upset. Okay. I, rem- I remember when I first went there crying at one of the houses that I seen. Um, just think it was absolutely ridiculous you know mm-hmm. so there's no government help there's even there's just nothing nothing yeah. for these people yeah you know? so it's really hard to go on to uni and do things like that but that these boys are really trying yeah though they're so determined yeah. like one of them wants to be a politician another one what we were like we we're having a conversation and one of them he's just 11 and everybody's like what do you want to do Giovanni and he's like a taxi driver and everyone had a good laugh. But for him, that's what people do. And yep. that's all he wanted was yep. just, like, to be able to get his driver's licence and drive people around and, yeah. like... That's, and start earning uh-huh. a wage. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And that's totally fair enough, isn't yeah, it? Totally. Because it's long... Like, I always think if people have got a good work ethic, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Yeah. Like, if you're working to yeah, support completely. yourself or, or if your family as well, then yep. that's totally credit to them. Yep. How long has the brand been... Well, it's probably about just over a year now that we started the brand. Okay. In terms of like, let's actually do this, but it's only been online for nine months now. See, that's like it seems to me as if it's longer because I feel as if it's uh-huh. really established. Like, uh-huh. because 
the website's amazing and your yeah. products it just we've done a lot to be honest with yeah you, you have there's, there's a lot of behind the scenes work that obviously isn't shown yeah and these products weren't just like this that you know you can find juju hats in other places yeah and um, people who maybe import them from Cameroon they, we're lucky that they come from Cameroon but no one is like us in terms of being like high quality brands doing bespoke made pieces and actually yeah. being directly from the source so we're seeing, we're working with our team every day. We're working with these boys every day that the donations go to. So we're really on the fields. And yeah. I think that makes a difference. And I, I self a quality issue with every piece that goes out. Amazing. So I'm really quite panicky about that. Like everything has to be done to the best. Okay. And sometimes that means sending some of them back and redoing them. Yeah. And I have no qualms about that because... Um, I, I want people to have the best experience from start to finish. Yeah. Um, so it's taken us a lot to get here, um, but everyone seems to be happy where we're going. We've recently done a pop-up shop in yes. Glasgow. Yes, so tell us about that, because I was at that pop-up. I actually bought a juju as well, yes. which I'm loving. Uh-huh, the so, charm one. Uh, the charm uh-huh, one, no. beautiful pink. <laughs> well, that was basically an attempt to raise our brand awareness. Yeah. Um, it wasn't overly about making money. It was just about let's take this back to home because for for him and I Glasgow is home yeah and it just felt like it made sense so we went to a place called the vacant space in Finiston which is a perfect place and street for us to to start off it's kind of quirky lots of fashion restaurants around and other sort of like-minded brands yeah although we did definitely stand out so we had it just for a weekend um and we had the juju hats displayed in different like diverse sort of arrangements yeah. which was super super cool and got was eye catching so we had a lot of traffic just coming in and then the support of the GGC members of course as oh, we yeah. did the takeover um, family and friends I'm quite lucky for that as well I've got big family and friends right behind us so we were really kept busy and we it was a successful event I mean yeah. people were loving seeing the products and seeing them in the flesh because I don't think the website does them a complete justice I mean We've got an Instagram page. It's nice and colourful, and you get to see how our real clients have style them in their them. homes. Yep. Yep. But there's nothing like seeing them in the flesh. So oh, they're that stunning. Was great, and for us to do that in the first nine months was really kind of intense. Yep. But just something we knew we had to do, and we're going to be back doing it again very soon. It's so good. Yeah. See if you are making it like a regular feature in yep. like your calendar of what happens in the year. Yeah. People back here will get to know. Yeah. Like, oh, the, the Michaela pop-up will probably be within another couple of months. Exactly. Or, so that's... You know, this whole Instagram thing, like the yeah. algorithm and all that, that we started off really well and then there was a period where we really, like, we're just being still. And, yeah. And it, it was really frustrating because as a small business, you really, most of our sales have come from Instagram. Yep. So we're just trying to, like, tackle that and really get to know the people. Yeah. Let people know us, which is why I'm always doing Instagram videos and things like that. Yeah. Trying to let people connect with the brand and, and be seen. Um, because I, I do think that our work is deserving. And I oh, feel like our page looks great. Absolutely and is. It just has to get seen now. Absolutely. I think your brand's the type of thing that you would see in, like, Vogue. Uh-huh, thank you. You know that I mean? that. Because it's future goals. Uh-huh, like, it proper. It's just so lovely and because there's actually it's from Cameroon so yeah. it's authentic but like you say there's like real story around the juju uh-huh. hats and I just think that it's it's lovely but you do more than juju hats yes you, you do other products as well so tell us about them yeah so we do namji dolls which okay. are actually fertility dolls amazing now, I didn't know this I've had them kicking about my house for ages 
but I'm not pregnant yet, but you know, I, I didn't know that. I thought that's, they should really come with a warning on this, you know? Um, so these are like hand-carved wooden, like sort of doll statues. A lot of people think, oh, they're like voodoo dolls. They're not, but they are supposed to be like positive manifesting dolls for fertility. Okay. So women, young women, or who I hope they can see, they actually strap them to their backs. Really? Using like an African cloth. And they walk around with them all day and, do, you know, they do their thing. And this is supposed to bring them fertility. Wow, oh my goodness. Family is a huge thing, like so it's very much like get married, have lots of babies. Um so fertility plays a big part in that. So this is one of them. So that's one of the things we do. We also do beanie bracelets, um, which aren't worn as bracelets. Okay. Um well they they were traditionally, but we've sort of modernised them to fit on like this sort of elegant stand. Okay. So it's more of a decoration. Lovely. But these are like all hand beaded. They're they're wood actually, first of all. Then they're covered in tea card clay and then all these little glass beads are hand placed. Oh lovely. And then the symbolism of these is that families give them to each other when they're about to enter a marriage in the family. Okay. And it's supposed to be like if you put this time and care into the bracelet it, that also reflects your marriage so everything oh, kind of comes with its own symbolism I really like uh-huh. that so they make like nice like wedding gifts and yep. things like that that are a bit alternative um, what else do we do we've just recently launched um, bow ties like with the African wax print oh they're um, so cool squares. the bow ties as well bow ties are so in at the moment too yeah. aren't they but yeah. I just feel like they're different they would be great for like, a wedding party or just like a night out yeah um, so that's kind of shown you a direction where we're going to be going it's not just home decor although it's there at the moment yeah um, we are looking at it doing more soft furnishings like pillows and yep. um, coffee tables as well as head scarves for the girls wow you know, it's not fair to have boys bow ties and nothing for the girls love it kitchen pennies oven gloves so real lifestyle then yes you're uh-huh. taking it in a lifestyle route absolutely yeah. yeah so it's only early days but we are growing um slowly but surely we've got african masks as well you're meant to be able to channel your ancestors when you wear those i mean that's what the, the tribes believe that that's, yeah. that's that's got that power to do that so everything's that's like amazing. really cool if you have those in your home as well like they look stunning, so they get people's attention. Yeah. But then you've also got a story to tell, so that's quite cool. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And I, I I do believe, like, the the tribes or any kind of, like, people that have been somewhere first, mm-hmm. there's always, their beliefs are truths. Uh-huh, yeah. Because I do really believe in, like, like you know, the Australian, like, the walking, oh, the dreaming yeah. thing. Totally. That they do, which is just phenomenal, and they've uh-huh. got their own, like, I just think, well, that that must be real because they were here. They were here first. Yeah, I'm a big believer in like all things manifest. And yeah, me too. Positivity, the secret, and all that. So yes. for me, it's very easy for me to buy in what the tribes say because yeah. I, I believe in that. Of course, some people don't believe in that stuff, but regardless, I think that if something's coming to you and is said to be like we like cultural marvel, like it's manifesting like that, I think that that's just such a nice gift idea yeah. even even if you don't buy into it fully yourself like yep. everyone likes a wee story and a wee message and yeah a bit of I, I think, stuff, I think even more so now I yeah. think like consumerism it's really moving away from like fast products yep. that are just cheaply made and anything like yep. that it's moving to like authentic things that have got a real story about yep. it that people keep yeah completely and especially for the gifting thing as well because those fertility dolls that would be such a lovely gift uh-huh. if you knew your friend or a family member was, yep. you know, looking to get pregnant or something. Sometimes just wee things like that Completely. can be like a, 
even if it is a placebo, yeah. you just don't know like know. how it work, how it makes your mind think. Oh, this will mean that I'll get pregnant. Yeah, and then you do it's it. All like about change your mind as ah, well. It's not just having a positive mindset. Yeah, we've come a long way. Like even like some of the challenges you face in Africa is that you don't get things very easily. Yeah. So we had to we seriously had to try and like customize our own boxes to ship okay, things in okay. that, we didn't begin like that we just had like any boxes that yep. t- to tell you the truth um, things aren't easy even like finding ribbon and yeah. all these different things um, cardboard um, card for writing your materials on yep. um, so we're also up against like some of these luxury brands who have got like very easily they're like you know you get that little note when you do open the box and tissue paper you don't find tissue paper in Africa so yeah. we're constantly trying to like find new ways of making the product amazing yeah. and we're slowly but getting there and same with the Namdu dolls what I visualise is for us to have them in their own custom made boxes but also coming with a card that tells the story oh, these are all things that we will get to yeah. but as it stands you know they're, they're sent quite simply but well, then again, very authentic. Yeah, but and very authentic. So that's true. Yeah. You know, if if you don't get tissue paper in Africa, yeah, then it shouldn't come. Yeah, with tissue paper. I know it's totally like that. Do you so know, we, do, uh-huh. we do use the African wax print inside the boxes just to give a little bit of. I love it. Of that as well, including I had. It's amazing they have like um, Women's Day. You know, okay. Women's Day everywhere, right? Yeah. But for them, it's a huge deal. Right. And they actually parade in the streets all the women. And they have a different print every year, and right. it's, it says World Women's Day, and it has like messages like empowerment and like like uh, trust and all these like positive yep. words. And then women go and make their own clothes out of them, so they go to a tailor, including myself. We do that too yeah. at the school. So um, I've cut up that material as well, put it in some of the boxes, which is oh, nice because lovely. most of our clients are women as well, oh, you know. And so... one of our clients actually framed it and put it on her wall. Which is cool. I love that. Uh-huh. That's so cool. Yeah, it's something different. Oh, it's just so good to hear about your story and how you created this amazing brand in a completely different yeah. environment. Yeah. But you're but you are doing it and you're you're doing so really well. How can people connect with you? So basically we have an amazing website, www.mukalaafrica.com. And we have Facebook as well and Instagram. We probably use Facebook, uh, Instagram more than we do the Facebook, yes. and that's just at Michaela Africa. Okay. It's kind of the same, but you can also link on with that from the website if you visit that. Um, and yeah, that's it. We also have a YouTube channel as well, actually, where you can like find out about us, our, our products, and we show them in a bit more really? depth. Like we try yep. to give a three D vibe and, okay. and like how to juju as well, so you can go on that's and so see. Clever how you, you should open it up and take care of it. Okay. We also have like a juju care sheet, so just to how to, you know, maintain your juju and make sure it's always looking its best. Yeah, okay, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, this has been so good. I'll obviously post all these links uh-huh. that you spoke about underneath the podcast anyway yeah. so people can click through. Yeah. And you are also doing an offer as well for GGC Web Club members. So yes. tell us a wee bit about that. I am. So basically on our last Juju's, we are offering 25% off. Which is which amazing. It's really quite a big saving, especially yeah. on the, the bigger ones. So yeah. the bigger one has a lot of impact. Yes. So I, I thought that would be a really, it's one of our best sellers, the okay. last one. So I thought that would be a good one to bring to my fellow GGC guys. Oh, so exciting, so it's exciting. It's so good to be in that network and we've already had so much support and oh, good. I, I've only been back for like, what, six weeks or something, but I've actually made friends. <laughs> oh, that is so good. You know, I know, it's I know. so nice. It's so nice. So we, we made some uh, sales from the GGC members as well at the pop-up shop, so they Brilliant. were delighted for that extra discount and 
the exclusivity. Oh, that was sweet. And I loved your story on your story about the police woman that came yeah. in. Yeah. The team you do the takeover. Oh, uh-huh. she was following us on duty, came in and she said, do you want the exchange hats? So I was like, eh, yes, please. So I wore her police hat and she wore a juju hat. And her partner, Kyle, obviously, he was a guy. Yeah. He was like, why are we here? What are we doing? This is really random. Um, and they kept getting like phone calls on their, you know, on their walkie-talkies or whatever. And she was just like, can you deal with that? Because I'm looking at the jujus. So we really, like, down it. the earth. But when they first came in, we were like, oh, my goodness, why is the police here? Are we here? getting arrested? They, they were loving life. So it was really nice to have their support as well. And that's, they found us through the GDC. Oh, that's so good. So I love great. hearing that. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, Chloe, thank you so much for taking the time thank to you. come and speak and be on the podcast because you, you actually have such a brilliant story I, I could talk all day I'm sorry this is probably your longest podcast no ever. not at all honestly but I could listen all day yeah. like I'm I'm just so interested thank in everything thank you so much honestly so and I'm looking forward to seeing how your brand grows because it certainly yes, is going to watch this space you know future goals I hope to have a shop in Glasgow permanently oh how good but would that I'm also be? after I won't say the name because I'm keeping that for myself but I'm, off, I'm also after a retailer major retailer who I feel like this could look great in their shop windows. Oh, exciting. So, let's try and get that happening. Well, if anyone could get it happening, it would be you. We'll try and get it. <laughs> Definitely will be. That's brilliant. Well, listen, we will speak to you very soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye.